Hey, listeners, we're planning something special and we need your help. We want to hear from you. Please leave us a 10 to 30 second voice note about your favorite episode, karyotid, or any lady in the profession who inspires your career and life. To do this, please go to our show notes linked in the description of this episode. Scroll to the bottom and follow the link and instructions to leave your note for us. You might hear yourself on a future episode. Stay tuned. Imagine earning continuing education credits while doing exactly what you're doing right now. Well, you can. Gable Media has revolutionized the way you earn your continuing education credits with a groundbreaking approach. Forget running around town and scouring the internet for credit-worthy courses. Fulfill your CE requirements effortlessly by listening to engaging podcasts just like the one you're listening to now. Our podcasts are designed to educate, entertain, and inspire, all in a user-friendly environment. But wait, there's more. Architects, Gable Media is also approved as an AIA Continuing Education Services provider. Upon completion, we handle everything, from reporting your hours directly to the AIA, to storing your certificates in your personal Gable Media profile for your self-reporting needs. So follow the link in the show notes and start earning your credits in the most innovative and entertaining way possible with Gable Media. I don't know, like something's going on in Houston. There's like, blah, 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 helicopters, helicopters. Mm. It's Monday. What's going on? <laughs> it's Monday. What's <laughs> <laughs> going on? Welcome back to another episode of She Builds Podcast, where we share stories about women in the design and construction field, one lady at a time. This season's theme is Living Legends, where we will be talking about ladies who are alive and kicking it and that are over 80 years of age, who have contributed to their professions and continue to inspire us to this day. Literal living legends, period. This week, we are talking about Dr. Eleanor K. Baum, the first female dean of an engineering school in the United States. I'm Jessica Rogers, thinking about my favorite ham and cheese croissant on National Croissant Day, based out of Miami, Florida, with my girls. Hey there, I'm Lizzie Rar, dreaming of my favorite ham and chowder croissant from DeBoer Bakery in San Francisco. And I'm Nergini Rivas savoring a chocolate croissant <laughs> in Houston, Texas. Time for a disclaimer. We are not experts. We are just sharing stories about the information that we find as friends having a fun conversation. If you find an error, send us an email and we will all continue learning. All right, before we start, I just wanted to point out that the story that we are telling today is, in fact, of a woman who was actually a carrioted. Yay! I am so excited for this story. Eleanor was episode four, Lady Elizabeth Bragg Cummings Karyotid. So she's my second Karyotid ever. Elizabeth <laughs> was arguably the first woman to become a civil engineer in the U.S. So when I was looking for a Karyotid, I wanted a civil engineer or an engineer who had been the first to have done something in their profession. Based on that, I began researching and found Eleanor. Cool. I also think this might be my first civil engineer. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love that we're going to get to learn more about Eleanor today. 
Yeah, ladies, the more I learned about Eleanor, the more I knew I wanted to talk about her. And I don't know if you noticed, but this season, when we realized we were very architect-heavy, I lobbied to talk about Eleanor because I thought it would be great to learn about her and her work, to learn more than we had a chance to learn when we shared her as a karyotin. Yes. Yeah. I tend to do stories on non-architects, but not so many on engineers. Yeah. It's just not my jam. <laughs> but I'm excited to tell this story. Okay. I'm glad. Maybe today you'll find out it is your jam. Uh-huh. Let's see. Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's, it's suspense. Let's just start. The year is 1940. Now, surprisingly, I didn't see a month or a day, but only just the year that Eleanor was born. Yep, that's right. I only have a year, and I believe it was in New York, too? But that's all I got. Luckily, since we are talking about living legends, maybe I can ask her. So stay tuned. I might have an update at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I will say I did not expect that we would have difficulties finding birthdays this season. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that information would be more on the internet or something. Mm -hmm. I also struggled finding Yasmin Lari's birthday. I searched for days. Right. So interesting. That is, it really is a surprise. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. Right. So many like highlights of her. I know when she got married, but no birthday. Anyway, Eleanor was an only child. Her parents had left Europe during the Holocaust. Growing up, her parents would urge Eleanor to become a school teacher, so much so that they would hide articles under her pillow with titles like The Joys of Being a School Teacher. <laughs> wow, subtle much? <laughs> yeah, they were really pushing it. Mm-hmm. What I thought was funny is that Eleanor considered herself to be like a good girl, someone who always did what she was told. However, she knew that she wanted to be an engineer. And to her, that was like her big rebellion. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Way to rebel, Eleanor. You show. <laughs> when she told her mother that she wanted to be an engineer, her mother said, you can't do that. People will think you're weird and no one will marry you. <laughs> wow. Wow. I guess it really was a rebellion. Yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. But, well, Eleanor, she excelled in school. In advanced science and mathematics, she attended a Midwood High School in Brooklyn, New York. In most cases, Eleanor would be the only girl in her advanced physics and mathematics classes. But she was the only one. And she kind of saw it as like almost like another like teenage rebellion. <laughs> being like the outsider. <laughs> this has to be the nicest teenage rebellion I've ever heard of. Yeah, same. I love that this is like her big idea of rebellion, you know? Yep. Wild. Yep. Wild child. And she would also, <laughs> yes, wild child that she was fighting against the resistance. Even when she applied to colleges, like her teachers weren't encouraging at all. Oh. Even though she was taking her their classes and also colleges were denying her. Cue the eye roll. Ugh. Huge eye roll. But sadly, this is around the 1950s, so it feels very on brand. Hang in there, Eleanor. The 60s are coming. That's right. Progress <laughs> is on the horizon. <laughs> Albeit slow, but... <laughs> very slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, get this. Now, we've heard of 
all the reasons why schools denied some of our ladies. But this one, this one takes the cake. So one of the engineering schools that Eleanor applied to denied her, saying that they, quote, they didn't have enough bathrooms for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that deserves an angry lol. <laughs> like, I'm baffled. My mouth was just hanging open, like in extreme confusion, <laughs> that this can be used as an excuse. She is mm-hmm. one woman. Right. Are they saying that they have zero bathrooms for women? <laughs> or did they have a cap on the number of women they accepted? Based on the number of stalls? Did they come up with a calculation of how often women would go to the bathroom and there would be endlessly long lines if they accepted a certain amount of women? I mean, what the heck is this? (laughs) Exactly. Like, all of those questions and more. (laughs) It's flabbergasting. Like, I have no words. Mm -hmm. There's no reasoning behind this. Angry lol. Angry makes no sense. Well, eventually, Eleanor would get accepted to City College of New York and would graduate in 1958. Of course, she would be the only woman in her engineering class. Of course. Well, thank you, Eleanor, for persevering and graduating. And also, special thanks to the City College of New York for accepting all worthy, talented, dedicated students. Indeed. Glad that you saw the talent of Eleanor and didn't punish her for it. Or that you made extra bathrooms. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so wild. And Jessica, is that really the date that she graduated from college? She graduated at 18 years old? This is a child engineering prodigy. Schools were missing out because they couldn't provide her adequate facilities to pee? <laughs> Big mistake. Huge. Pretty woman. Pretty woman style. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> big mistake huge okay you know what Nergeny I think you are right though some sources would say that she graduated in 1959 but still I didn't even catch that when I was researching this she graduated when she was like 18 or 19 from college oh my gosh prodigy yeah she didn't like being the only woman in her engineering class duh But I guess now that you mention her age, she might not have liked being this engineering prodigy, being the youngest. Maybe she felt pressure. She says that because she was the only woman, she became all women. She says in an interview, if I don't know something, then it's all women can't. And that everyone always asks what grades she would get. She called it like a privacy issue. Sounds uncomfortable to me. Like, I can imagine that people would probably stare at her or, I don't know, sounds like a bad time. Again, sadly, so on brand with the 50s. We talked before how isolated pioneers must feel. It just adds an extra layer of complexity to their achievements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really does. And in some ways, it makes sense maybe why some of the women that we've mentioned in the past want to be talked about as just an engineer or just an architect and not have people focus on them being women because they were probably so focused on as women that they felt it detracted from their work, you know? 
You know, I never thought about it like that, but that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hadn't either until Eleanor said that. And I was like, well, that would make a lot more sense as to why a lot of those women felt that way. Yeah. Mm. I can see that, especially if you're the type that doesn't even like being the center of attention. Yeah. And now you're like the one and only. Yeah. A hundred times worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after graduating, Eleanor would work in the aerospace industry, first at Sperry Rand Corporation and later at General Instrument Corporation. Ooh, as a person that lives in Space City, <laughs> my ears always perk up <laughs> all things space. <laughs> now, Sperry, that's a famous company, y'all. The company is known for a lot of things, most notably as the developer of the Artificial Horizon and a wide variety of other gyroscope-based aviation instruments like autopilots, bombsites, and analog ballistic computers. <laughs> After World War II, the company got into electronics, mostly aviation-related and computers. And General Instrument, or GI, was based out of Pennsylvania, and they were mostly known for building semiconductors and cable TV equipment. Later in the 90s, they became a leader in high-def televisions. Eleanor is playing with the big boys now. <laughs> That's right. So, continuing on, in 1964, Eleanor would receive her master's and PhD in electrical engineering from the Polytechnic Institute of New York. Nice. Yeah, keep collecting degrees. Be sure to send copies to the schools lacking toilets for females. <laughs> Yes. Just send them all copies of your diplomas. Yeah. Maybe a floor plan, too, and circle the bathrooms. Like, say bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> bathroom. With a degree. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> now, in a funny turn of events, Eleanor fulfilled her mother's wishes by becoming a professor. <laughs> okay, so maybe not like a school teacher, but still. Rebellion over. <laughs> <laughs> Or like a funny way of appeasing her mom in the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I say that this is like funny and a little fuzzy to me because I believe Eleanor started teaching while she was getting her PhD, but she for sure continued teaching after receiving her degree. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel like people teach sometimes when they're working on their own doctorate or research. Yeah. So... Eleanor was teaching at Pratt Institute. Now, fast forward to when we recognized her as a karyotid, just, you know, a few seasons ago. In 1984, Eleanor would become the Dean of Engineering at Pratt, making her the first female engineer dean. Whee! Hip, hip, hooray! In your face to all the naysayers, all the schools that denied her, now she's running a very important one. What up, what up? That's right. Yep. Now, this is the part that I call fuzzy because I don't know how much of her time as a professor. Like, I don't know, was she a good teacher? What she teach in engineering? Nor do I know the transition between professor to dean. But anyway, here we are now. She's a dean. Are you NCARB certified yet? Join the network of over 45,000 architects who have the NCARB certificate to expand your professional reach. By becoming NCARB certified, like I did, 
you are demonstrating that you've met the national standards for licensure, a qualification that can be an important factor for firms when hiring and promoting. Certificate holders have a streamlined path to apply for a reciprocal license in all 55 U.S. jurisdictions, as well as access to an extensive library of free continuing education courses. Learn more at ncarb.org. Turn your architectural designs into stunning, immersive experiences with Enscape. This innovative tool integrates seamlessly with your design software to bring your ideas to life in real-time 3D and VR. With Enscape, you will experience instant rendering, have the ability to make design changes on the fly, and present your projects in stunning detail. Ideal for architects, designers, and anyone passionate about visual storytelling in architecture. Dive into a new era of design visualization with Enscape. Visit Enscape3D.com to learn more. Well, she must have been a very good and distinguished teacher for her to get offered and ultimately become the dean. Yeah, she clearly made a good impression and worked her way up. Oh, yeah. For sure. Now, I'm going to talk more about her deanship in a bit. I'll talk about it in a bit in an interview. Um, But it's interesting because someone mentioned that the majority of Eleanor's engineering career was actually in academia. There you go. It was her calling. Mom and Dad knew it from the start. Destiny. (laughs) Yep. Well, anyway, so Eleanor is the dean at Pratt. Three years after this, she becomes the dean of Albert Nurkin School of Engineering at Cooper Union. Have you ladies ever heard of Cooper Union? Of course. Eleanor is just getting fancier in her deanships. Cooper Union was in my list of schools to apply for architecture. But it is ultra, 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 ultra competitive. I think I decided not to because... It turns out that you got to pay to apply for schools, which I had no idea about when I was a senior. And my mom paid for everything. (laughs) And then she was like, little girl, we cannot apply to 20 schools. Like, you got to calm it down. (laughs) So she told me, like, pick three. But anyway, I, I psyched myself out of Cooper Union. I got the admissions test. And then I was like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll be honest. I don't think I knew about Cooper Union until we were already in school. Like then, you know, we heard about it a lot while we were in architecture school. But I didn't know you thought about going there, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, it was a big deal. Like everybody knew about Cooper Union um, because it was an art and a design school like Pratt. I also, I just didn't realize. Yeah, that makes sense that you would know. Yeah, because I went to an art school. And our school, I think at least one or two kids would get accepted to Cooper Union. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah, like sometimes, like not always for architecture, but for a fine art program, at least. Like I know a couple of, of my classmates that went. But yeah, like I didn't realize that they had an engineering program, but I also didn't realize Pratt had an engineering program. But then again, I always thought of art and design, and I guess engineering is part of that. But anyway, <laughs> the one of the reasons why it's so competitive and why it's so popular, um, it's because it's known to be— Yes, one of the hardest schools to get into, 
and their selection is small, but more importantly, their tuition is free. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like who I really yeah. wanted to go. I think they accepted like 20 kids a year or something really, really small like that. Yeah. Can you imagine going to school for free? I cannot. How amazing uh, is that? It sounds idyllic. Yeah. It does. Well, on an interesting note, I've heard of postgraduates say that once you graduate, they like, they hound the alumni for donations. And I think that's why they can keep it. Dude, they found me at my office. (laughs) Oh, they keep calling. They think that's where I live. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I never told them that I moved to California, and they still found me. (laughs) Listen, pay my loan, Syracuse, then I'll give you money. Right? (laughs) How can I pay you when I still owe you? Listen. Anyway. Let's get into some awards and honors that Eleanor has won, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So, when Eleanor became dean at Cooper Union in 1988, the National Women's Hall of Fame would present Eleanor with the Emily Warren Robley Award. Woo! I love that Eleanor won an award named after one of our ladies. Episode 29, Emily Roebling. Also, this award is pretty cool. The Emily Award was started in 1984 by City Corp and the National Women's Hall of Fame to honor outstanding American women in business, science, and technology. The first year, they awarded a woman in business, the second year, a woman in science, and the third year, a woman in technology, and so on. I'm assuming Eleanor won during the science year. I think that math checks out. Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. Um, But it didn't specify which category. Yeah. However, getting inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame, I mean, it still meant that Eleanor had made major contributions to the industry of women. So For sure. That's cool. Now, continuing on a roll, in 1990, the Society of Women Engineers would award Eleanor with the SWE Upward Mobility Award. Oh, yeah. The SWE Upward Mobility Award recognizes a woman with at least 20 years of experience who is a manager, leader, and influence in her field and has created a nurturing environment for other women in the workplace. I gotta say, I would be so proud to win that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, in 1996, Eleanor would be inducted into the Women in Technology International Hall of Fame. And then, in 2007 she would officially become inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Amazing. So one of the things that I really liked learning about Eleanor was her dedication to enrolling more women into engineering. At the beginning of her tenure at Cooper Union, the student body only had 5% women students. The number has increased to 40%. That is so great. I love to hear that Eleanor had such a big impact on bringing in more female students while she was the dean. It goes to show that she took her own experience, right, about feeling isolated and being the only woman and tried to create more welcoming environment for other women like her who wanted to be in engineering. Jessica, I really enjoyed this. I am so glad that you spoke about Eleanor today. It's a SheBuilds podcast first that we get to dedicate an episode to a former curated It's so well-deserved. Eleanor faced a lot of red tape and hoops to just study the profession that she was passionate about. And then she dedicated her career to making engineering education more accessible to a greater number and diverse pool of students. That's great. I love that we get to celebrate her today. Agreed. Now back to Nidri, your first question 
about the beginning of this episode, yeah, about how yeah, I feel yeah. about engineer ladies and engineering stories. I can't guarantee that I'll do future episodes of more engineering ladies. <laughs> However, I did really enjoy learning about Eleanor, and I was able to find the commonality with her of her wanting to bring more women in and her advocacy that she did. So that part, I really enjoyed learning. And I feel like there's a charrette or in our wrap-up episode, I'll be able to talk more about her advocacy because that's the part that I didn't get a chance to go into today. But can't wait. it's really inspiring stuff. So yeah, I'm still happy I did an engineer. All right. Now we have reached the second half of our episode, The Karyotid. This is where we select a woman living today who is doing her thing, furthering the profession, and whose work continues to hold the profession up, just like the karyotids or columns shaped like women found on Greek-style buildings. So without further ado, this week, karyotid goes to... All right, y'all. So Kimberly is an electrical engineer who has worked in the biotech field working on vaccines and whatnot. But what she is probably most known for is for being the founder of the organization called Black Girls Code. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Yeah, it's pretty famous, I would say. It was started in 2011. Black Girls Code, for those of you that don't know, is a nonprofit organization that focuses on providing technology and computer programming for African-American girls. Amazing. Yeah, so this program is really cool. It all started when Kimberly's daughter expressed interest in computer programming. When Kimberly started looking for programs for her daughter, she couldn't find any. So Kimberly started Black Girls Code to do just that. Nice. Yeah, this is great. Yep. So, based out of San Francisco, the organization has a goal to teach 1 million Black girls to code by 2040. Now, they have trained thousands of little girls across 15 chapters in the United States and around the globe. I wonder if they have a chapter here in Houston. I should look that up. Mm. That is an amazing Mm. goal. I hope that they reach it and then they blow it away. Yeah. Same. Okay, that makes sense that I might have heard of it since it's based in SF. <laughs> but <laughs> yep. this is such a great initiative. And I love that they're trying to increase the number of Black women in tech. And I definitely see a connection with Eleanor and how she increased the female student body at Cooper Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great carrier to Y'all, I want to visit the Agora today. Shall we? Yes. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. As a reminder, the Agora is a segment of our show we get to visit from time to time where we share news, big or small. Today, we are giving a shout out to Girls in Civil. They are a nonprofit organization creating a community of empowered people in civil engineering and construction. They mainly started the group to help females in civil engineering and construction industry find a community. Today's episode reminded me of them because, just like Eleanor, they're working towards inclusivity in the engineering and construction education and profession. A few of the members have achieved their engineering and training license, so that is awesome. Major applauses to that. And also, congrats on turning four years old. They're older than us. I didn't know that. I was like, oh! 
These little girls are older than us. I'm still young. <laughs> and also all the great resources and networking opportunities that they have been pulling together and sharing with others. They're just really great. Here's to another 400 more years of Girls in Civil. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Congrats, Girls in Civil. Thank you for all the work you're doing to raise awareness for women in civil engineering. Can't wait to see what you do next. Yes. Also, uh, listeners, if you haven't already, we've done a few Instagram lives with them. So there's probably one floating around either in our page or in their Instagram page. Also, by the time that this episode goes out, we probably would have been in talks with Girls on Civil with a potential collab coming soon. So stay tuned. Before we say see you later, we want to give thanks to CMYK for the music and John W., our technical advisor. And most of all, thanks to all of you listeners out there. Thanks for listening. Remember to check out our show notes for links to all of our resources on this episode, as well as pictures of the projects we've talked about. We hope you enjoyed learning about Eleanor and Kimberly along with our banter and that you're inspired to find out more about them and other professional ladies or professional groups like Girls and Civil. Again, thank you. She Builds Podcast is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Please let us know what you thought of our episode. If you enjoyed it, please help us spread the word. Tell your friends, your engineers, your college teams, your naysayers. Tell them all. Give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Write us a nice review. This all helps us reach a wider audience and for more people to learn about these amazing ladies with us. We are excited to hear from you and for you to come back and keep learning about bosses with us. You can email us your thoughts at shebuildspodcast at gmail.com, leave a comment on our website at shebuildspodcast.com, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at shebuildspodcast, and on X, formerly known as Twitter, at shebuildspod. Until next time, bye! 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 Hot off for now! Oh. Oh, we might need that sound effect. I think the sound effect is your just what you did. <laughs> okay. Hey there, architecture enthusiast. Nikita Reed here, inviting you on an incredible journey through time and space with my podcast, Tangible Remnants. Historic preservation and sustainability? Let's go ahead right now and debunk the myth that they are opposites. In fact, they are two sides of the same coin, shaping our collective future. In a work environment, it has been challenging because I've had to probably do more than double just to make sure that I quote unquote fit in. But the environments that have allowed me to do me on the front end, I've been extremely successful. You look at all these PhDs, they've built that on the backs of our elders. Absolutely. What they consider themselves to be experts at is what they've worked with us to achieve. I know we have to. We have to prioritize people before 
products and before place. Join me as we unravel the stories of historic buildings shaped by the people of a specific era and often influenced by race and gender. These tangible remnants are windows into our past and guideposts for the future. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now to Tangible Remnants. Let's explore the interconnectedness of architecture, preservation, sustainability, race, and gender.